Ladies and gentlemen, now entering the basement wing in at 237 pounds, he is your host, the man in the mirror, Jordan Tyler Wallenberg. Welcome to Wazzas! Let's get fucking listening, baby! It's me. It's your man. It's your main man. It's Owls, and I'm back with you. Episode number 59. That's right. 59. 5-9. We're coming your way. We got a fun, fun show coming up. Before we get there, let's do a couple things. Let's say thank you. Thank you to you guys for coming back and listening every week. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all the listens. And just thank you guys so much. I appreciate it to the end of this earth. Also, you know we're doing the housekeeping. If you guys could, please rate, review, comment, subscribe, and share. Share with everybody. And finally, let's talk about what's happening on the show. We got a new guest this week. Dean with the Tailgate Foodie. The man behind the Tailgate Foodie. Him and I have a great conversation. We talk about his business, the Tailgate Foodie. We talk a lot about sports. We have a great time. That's going to lead us off. Then we're going to talk Genesis. We're going to talk some college basketball, the Flyers, my passing thoughts. And then we'll go wrap that thing up. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Joining me now, we got kind of a cool new guest uh, this week. A man by the name of Dean Johnson is joining us. He is the man behind the Tailgate Foodie. Uh, I'm going to let Dean kind of explain to you all that they do here so I don't butcher anything. So, first of all, Dean, thanks for joining us. And, yeah, just start us off. Tell us what the Tailgate Foodie is. Sure. Uh, so, hello, everybody. Um, Dean Johnson, uh, like Jordan said. So, basically, uh, Tailgate Foodie is uh, a brainchild of myself and three other guys. Um started off as a food blog back in 2018, um, so I had just graduated nursing school, started my first job, had a whole bunch of free time, and uh, decided to start it off as a food blog, um, just kind of making higher-end uh, but still relatable uh, food for tailgating, grilling out, things like that, a little bit more creative than just burgers, hot dogs, things like that. So that lasted for about two years of just a food blog, and then uh, middle of the pandemic, uh, July, I think it was. Uh, two of my partners own uh, a couple of restaurants up in uh, the Madison area, and they reached out to me to see if I wanted to take it from a blog and actually come out with some uh, real products. Uh, so August of, of 2020, uh, we came out with our first products. It was five seasonings. Um, and, you know, through the last, let's see here, it's 2023 now. Holy shit. Um <laughs> So over the last uh, two and a half years, uh, we've come out with a fair amount uh, more products. Uh, some are going to be falling off uh, a little bit, um, but we have barbecue sauces. We're working on a Bloody Mary mix, uh, working on a hot sauce line. So lot, lots of avenues we're going to be going down. Yeah, it's all really cool. And we were talking just before we hit the record button. The first time I found out about you, you did a... Uh, kind of a collaboration with a, a brewery in the Madison area for the Masters and did a pimento cheeseburger. And I've since kind of stolen that that idea oh, from yeah. you, and I've done that plenty <laughs> myself. Uh, so what's your – how would you – obviously you must be a big sports fan. Uh, 
Um, yep. You said you love golf and you love the Masters. Where yep. is that kind of where the inspiration came from to do something like this? Yeah, um, and I've always liked cooking food. I always tell people it wasn't when I was growing up. It wasn't necessarily that my parents were either good or bad at cooking. They just made us be a part of the cooking. So at a very young age, I, I really enjoyed grilling. I really enjoyed just working in the kitchen. Um, so I would say probably like two years before uh, starting the food blog, uh, my brother got a smoker, um, and we just dove headfirst into smoking food. Um, and, yeah, ever since I was younger, you know, watching football on Fridays, small town. I'm from Darlington originally. Um, so small town, football town, growing up on Friday nights, every Friday night. Every Saturday, we'd watch the Badgers, and every Sunday, we'd watch the Packers. Um, and then I liked uh, basketball, things like that. My family didn't so much, but, you know, I, I just like anything that has a competitive nature, um, I, I can pretty much get into. Um, and then, yeah, golf. Uh, I would say behind cooking, and uh, I would say behind cooking, uh, golf is my, my number two. Uh, I, I love playing. I, I'm just so deep into the full swing uh, Netflix series right now. Um, I'm excited to throw on the Genesis Invitational uh, mm-hmm. this weekend and then uh, get into the Masters here in a couple months. Yeah, I just started the full swing. Uh, I was on a plane last night and watched the first episode. And my wife's like, yeah, you watch it first. See if I should watch it. I'm like, yeah, you might like it. You'll have to give you a chance. So hopefully by the time this pod's actually out, we're recording on Friday. Uh, it comes out on Monday, or Tuesday rather. Sure. So hopefully by then I'll have a couple more in. What would have just been your thoughts on, on that while we're kind of talking about it? I, I absolutely love it. Um, I they couldn't have picked a better year to start following with live golf and, and PGA. And I personally, I, I don't dislike live golf. Uh, my favorite golfer is also Dustin Johnson. So that helps ease into uh, liking live. Mm-hmm. I've watched a couple on YouTube, you know, it, it's fun to watch. They're still really good at golf. Yep. Um, I have no ill will or, you know, I'm not in the comments talking, talking shit about guys, <laughs> making some bang for their family. No, uh, I, it's not my thing. <laughs> I've always said like, especially in Dustin Johnson came out recently and said something. He's like, Hey, I'm pretty much getting paid more to do less. Like I have no problem with that. I don't right. personally think the, the live stuff is that interesting to me. I think there's kind of a competitive aspect missing from it. But like, if sure. the guys like Dustin Johnson are going to be like honest about it and you know, just yeah. go and be like, hey, I'm doing this because it's a great financial situation and the time constraints yep. are less. I got no problem with it. I just, no. the guys like Patrick Reed obviously run me the wrong way that are, you know, they're over there trying to say how great it is and it's going to revolutionize golf. It's like, come on, man, just let it be what it is and just yep. just do it. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm hoping that in three to five years that Live Golf and the PGA can still be really competitive against one another, but in a fun way <laughs> where almost like Ryder Cup-esque, uh, where, you know, every four years, the top live golfers take on the top, you know, 10 or so PGA golfers. I think, I think that'll be fun. Yeah, that could be really cool. So you, you mentioned you had just graduated nursing school and you kind of got started on this. So, uh, still doing that or you're full time in the, the tailgate foodie now? Yeah. So I quit nursing, um, September of 2021. Um, so been doing the tailgate foodie for about a year and a half now, full time. Um, it just got to be a full time nursing job on top of a full time side gig. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was putting in, I would say roughly 75 to 80 hours a week. Um, you know, the, the wife didn't love <laughs> that, which is understandable. I, I get it. Um, and now I'm, you know, putting in 60 hours into tailgate foodie in a, in a big time passion project of mine. So, uh, but yeah, I was medical, I was a nurse for about five years. Um, and I was a army medic before that for about eight. So. Oh, okay. So, medical field for a long time. Gotcha. You had the background from your, your time in the army. You said army? Yeah. Yep. Army. Yep. Cool. So what, uh, any crazy cool experiences from the army or anything, you know, as a, as a non lay person, I know we talked briefly, you, oh, yeah. you were on a, a podcast where it was uh, military kind of based. So I've got none yeah, of that yeah. like good reference point there, but. Oh, you're fine. I mean, I, I joined, um, on my 17th birthday, uh, so I had to get all the parents' uh, signatures on it and everything like that to even sign up. Um, you know, I was I got deployed um, when I was 19. Uh, there was a huge deployment that went out of Wisconsin that a lot of people remember in 2009, like 3,300 people. Um, so we went over there, over there for a little under a year, um, right around the Baghdad area. So okay. I worked on a prison encampment and then also – went out and did some missions, uh, but also worked on our, uh, our FOBs, uh, in our FOBs hospital. Um, so a little bit of everything. Um, one of those things I, I've been out since 2013. So 10 years this year. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly happy to be out. Um, things have changed a lot in the military. Uh, but I'm incredibly happy, uh, with, the people that I got to meet, uh, all of the scenarios and situations that, you know, kind of drove me to be this, uh, entrepreneur because, uh, a lot of, a lot of vets that get into entrepreneurship, uh, do, do fairly well because of things that were instilled in them through military work ethic. You know, they don't stop until the job's done, Mm -hmm. whether that's putting in 80 hours a week or, or what it, what it is. So, very, very good experience. Wouldn't change it, um, but happy to uh, not be going over anywhere any, any anytime soon. Anyway. <laughs> so, at the end of the eight years, you weren't. Did you ever consider making it a, a full time career, or were I, you always ready to get out? No, um, it was. So, having joined on my seventeenth birthday, it was literally my entire adult life till I was twenty three. Um, so, it, it was. Uh, it was a big life change for me to, to get out. Um, I, I had extended my contract actually initially uh, to get deployed again. Um, and, and then that got taken away um, for much, much bigger things uh, <laughs> that are way out of my pay grade. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really hard thing for me to do to get out actually um, just life happened. And I, I saw an out uh, and didn't feel the necessary or feel it necessary to extend another six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You always hear like the, the, the transition is kind of so, you know, can be so difficult for some people just because of, yep. the, you know, the structure of, and again, it's coming from someone with very little experience, obviously, sure. yeah. you know, there's, you just hear people talk structure, 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 and then you kind of get out into, you know, the normal people world. And it's kind of like, everybody's out here acting all willy nilly doing whatever the hell they feel like. Yep, it's 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 a wild and it's funny because like I said, I've been out for ten years now and there's still some times where I'll be out doing, you know, normal everyday things that I'm a civilian now too. Like there there isn't a difference between you and I anymore. 
Um, and I, there's still little things that just frustrate the hell out of me. And I'm like, why don't you just do it this way? It's so much easier. Quit being a shithead. And in the military, there are times where it's like, this is what you have to do now. And don't, don't ask questions, which is wild to me now. Like I like questioning things, but, uh, man, yeah, it's a, it's a different world, even a decade later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if the, I don't think the military, I would, I don't think I would have caught it. First of all, I'm too big of a pussy. And uh, second of all, anytime someone tells me to do anything, my, my first reaction is, well, why? So I, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing I made the good decision in not uh, pursuing that path in my life. I, I always tell people, uh, some of the funniest people that you'll ever meet in your life, uh, for military-wise, are drill sergeants. They're absolutely hysterical. They'll be yelling at you in your face, but if you're not the one being yelled at and you actually listen to what they're saying, they're saying the most off-the-wall hilarious stuff. So the two times that I really actually got in trouble by name in basic training, I was laughing at what the drill sergeant was yelling at somebody else. And they were like, Oh, you think that's funny? And I'm like, yeah, kind of <laughs> probably wasn't this funny when they moved down the line to you. Right? No, no, no. <laughs> that, that's what I learned to just shut up for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. I could, I, I could see myself being in your position and, and hearing oh, yeah. something stupid that I thought was stupid or funny. And, Next thing you know, I'm kind of cackling, and I'd be like, oh, shit, they're oh, going to yeah. be down here in no time. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, All the fun times. <laughs> so how did you um, how did you decide on doing a blog to start? Because that's where you said this all started. Yeah. So, honestly, the decision was I, I had this realization that when you're searching for something on the Internet, um, most of the time the first thing that pops up when you hit that search button is a blog. It's, it's somebody that is you or I um, sitting at their house, creating something, taking all the pictures. Like there's so much more to blogging than people think. Mm -hmm. You're you're literally everything. You're you're the person on the socials. You're sending out emails. You're taking photography and learning how to do all that. Um, I completely built our website. Uh, no coding, but um, I, I I went through WordPress. I I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I. I, I learned. Um, so there's just so much more to it. And then I had this realization, like I could, I could do that. And it didn't feel like it was going to be a huge time suck. Like it, it, it felt like something that I could do as a hobby and it wouldn't lead to um, like a lot of time, but I would still have a lot of fun doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where I, I, I started it initially on uh, just social media was a Facebook and Instagram, uh, and then about six months later, transitioned all of that onto our uh, website. Um, and yeah, ever since uh, I, I started off, it was one one recipe a week um, that I would take pictures, write a food blog, and everything. And I wish I could get back to doing that because now we have products to actually put on the food. Mm -hmm. But there's so many other things running a small business. Um, we, you know, the classic line, we wear a lot of, uh, a lot of hats as a business owner. Yep. And, you know, I have on my other screen here, have a whole bunch of business stuff up. <laughs> um, we, we just completely redid our entire website, uh, to focus more on e-commerce. Um, so it, it's, uh, yeah, that, I guess in a, in a roundabout way, now that I'm rambling, that's, uh, that's how I kind of got into the blog side of it, yep. uh, versus actually creating something more than that before to start. Yeah. And you said the, the e-commerce, I was kind of just peeking or been peeking around your website the last couple of days. Yeah. I, I see you're shipping all 50 States 
in the yep. U.S. And what was what was that like? I mean, was there ever a moment where you're like, holy shit, like, uh, like five oh, yeah. years ago, I was just typing up blogs one a week and now I'm sending stuff all over the country. There, there's so many times where I just have to like remove myself to see how, and, and we're still small, obviously, but remove myself to see how far we've grown. Um, even since day one of food blog, um, you know, seeing the, the website statistics, people are still coming to our food blog and, and reading posts that I did four years ago. Um, we're sending, like you said, we send stuff to all 50 states. Um, we're heavily involved with, uh, like Etsy, uh, walmart.com. We're, we're on Amazon prime. Um, so there's a lot of times during the Christmas season, there was one time we sent, uh, 1500 gift boxes in a single day oh, uh, to an Amazon. So that gets sent to an Amazon warehouse and then they distribute it from there. Um, so we made all of those in a single day. There was three of us just slamming away. We were there for like 12 or 13 hours. Um, I, I think I saw just, your Instagram post of that. It was just a, a room full of like boxes. Just boxes. Yeah. So we, we, we learned from last year, clean the boxes up because it gets <laughs> annoying. However, sometimes that's not as important as building the actual gift boxes and getting those out to the proper, like we can deal with the boxes later. That's fine. Um, yeah, that was, that was, absolutely wild how many i mean it was feet high it was probably like eight feet high it's insane um but yeah taking a step back we actually um around the masters uh we actually sent uh, a guy in england um i didn't put rules on a giveaway for instagram and a random guy that i that i chose of course was from south london and i was like damn it but we sent it to him he loves the stuff you know he still interacts with us on social media so where as far as England, uh, people have, the, my favorite story that we have as far as where it's gone in the world, um, we, we were doing a, a Christmas show down in Lake Mills, and somebody bought the box, and they were like, do these ship well? And we're like, yeah, uh, where, where are you shipping it to? Um, and, and I can't remember the, the country, but it's in Africa. Um, it starts with an M, and their son is a contractor. Okay. Um, and, and works over in Africa and they just built their own barbecue over there. Um, so they're sending Wisconsin made, you know, barbecue seasonings over someplace in Africa. That's, uh, that's really family. cool. Yeah. So that, that was such a cool story for them to share with us. Yeah. It's funny. The, you know, you talk about the guy from London, the, the Africans are not quite totally social media, like lead and stuff like that. But you know, the, it's, you know, everyone talks all the time about the, you know, the, the evils of social media and the, the ills yeah, and all that, yep. but there is some really cool stuff that, there is. that comes out of it. I mean, I, there is somebody in Germany that listens to this podcast. I don't know who, how, why, or, or for what yep. reason I, I've, get, I've like tried to give them a shout out to have them email. And I, I keep looking at the stats and there's just like one more listen every week from Germany. I'm like, so they keep <laughs> listening. I don't know why. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. so it's like it's just mind blowing to me. And I'm in yeah. hearing your story of the, the London thing. It's just like sometimes social media and you know, the internet and technology can be really cool. Uh, yeah. I, I always joke with, you know, my friends and everything, like you see the next iteration of technology. I'm like, do you guys, have we not watched Terminator? Like we know, we know where this fun. goes. Like we got to dial it back. Every time you see like a, a robot doing push ups, I'm like, come on, like yeah. stop with that. <laughs> but yeah, or, it, it or can with, be, uh, 
the the current thing is you know the the AI yeah. the open AI chat GPT um, so I follow uh, I do all of our socials I do uh, our marketing and stuff so I am subscribed to a whole bunch of pages and emails and that's just been the talk since last November um, so I mean I can't say that uh, we haven't used it it's uh, it's terrifying uh, how much it learns uh, so quickly and but it's pretty cool. Like, um, and it's an absolute time saver. Um, I don't know if you've downloaded chat GPT just to mess around with it at all. Um, but it, it's, uh, I, I've gone as far to ask it when it's going to take over the world and how it's going to do it. And they were like, it was like, we're not Terminator two. Like that's never going to happen. And I was like, that's something a robot would say. Yeah. I was going to say that's, that's what they say before they start doing it. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's gone so far. I, I sell insurance to dairy farms as my as my oh, day job, sure. and uh, I was just at a work conference. And it's I mean it's in it's in that space of the world too. Like you know, it is. so yeah. it's crazy. It's it's weird. It's cool. It's you know like a little scary when you think about yeah. it. And uh, you hear it like affecting everything from you know business emails being made by it mm-hmm. to you know college kids using it to like make papers which is 100% yeah. what I would have done with it oh, uh, if I could have like <laughs> made it made my life easier and not had to do something in college so oh, 100% so yeah it's it's cool and and scary and and it's you know I I was just listening to a podcast of some sort and they're like oh yeah there's a new there's a new version of it about to about to come out that's going to be smarter and better and, and all that. So yeah. it's, it's kind of nutty. Yep. I, uh, the Bing, uh, the, the search engine now basically has their own AI where instead of you can either search like Google or you can open up this chat form of Bing where it will, uh, send you to things that make your life easier, like, uh, sellables, um, that they're releasing, I think they either have um, or it's coming out in the near future. Um, so that's just going to change e-commerce again, um, in in both positives and, and negatives. Because me personally, and it's funny because I'm in this realm. Um, like I'm not a I I'm, I've fallen off the social media. Like I don't like it very much. Um, but I have to have accounts mm-hmm. for our business. Um, I try to be on it less and less. My wife got rid of her Facebook um, and just being inundated constantly with, hey, here's another thing to waste your money. Uh, Here's another way to to make your life easier, but you don't need it. Um, It's like, I like those things, but seeing it every day, 24-7 can be uh, overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, to say the least. Now, with you getting all into e-commerce, do you have like yeah. a tech? Did you have like some sort of technology, like any sort of education on, or are you all self-taught? And so, all four of us. Uh, so, like I said, there, there's two people. So, I grew up with both of them in Darlington, um, and then the other guy that's involved is the brother-in-law to my best friend, okay. who's part of the owners. <clears throat> um, so. The other two have opened restaurants, um, they, so they really understand the inner workings, especially in the food industry. Um, and then Edgar and I um, have never owned a business. I, I went to marketing school before nursing school, so I had a few business classes. And I've always kind of had a little bit of an entrepreneurial mind, um, but nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, yeah, as far as like the e-commerce side, it was just watching YouTube videos, uh, purchasing courses online to really figure out how to do stuff. Um, all I, yeah, self-taught is a self-taught with classes mm -hmm. uh, that we purchased. Um, no formal uh, training on, uh, you know, how to set up and, and get the algorithms in your favor. Um, all of that is just watching hours and hours of videos. And um, I mean, it's put us in a good place uh, to really grow this year. Um, but it, it's very admittedly been exhausting. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, but in, in the best way possible. Um, it's, it's both exhilarating and terrifying. And it's so many emotions all at once. Mm -hmm. And I think if you talk to any small business owner, they would say the same thing. It's, yeah. it's awesome and terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know just and it's not even even remotely close to like your situation, but I've been doing this podcast for about a year. My like next goal is to do video, have the video yeah. included. And I just kind of keep looking at it and I'm like, I think I can do it, but I just need to take the time and dedicate like 24 hours over like the course of like three days and just go for it yeah. and like get it done. And it's like it, it feels overwhelming me because I've gone to do it a couple times and I'm admittedly not very tech savvy. And it's just like, sure. it's like, oh shit, I'm screwing it up. I'm like, I'm, I'm two minutes in and I'm already screwing everything up. So I, uh, I can only imagine what the, the e-commerce, you know, scenarios and things and, and the trial and error that you guys have probably had to oh, go yeah. through to, to kind of get it, get it rolling. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say for your case, just, just do it one time. Mm -hmm. Like, once you get over that single time, um, you'll figure out so much, even if you just do like have somebody come on that you're going to have a podcast with hit record, even if it's just garbage, like you don't have to put it anywhere, but you'll learn so much from that single time of doing it. Yeah. Um, and you can grow from there and, and fine tune it. And then when you think that you've perfected it, you're going to find so many things that you don't like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it'll just continue to perfect. Um, which I mean, that, that shows, uh, a passion for what you're doing. So people appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So what, uh, for the future, what do you got in mind for the future at tailgate foodie? I mean, you said you're, you're getting into the e-commerce a lot. Is there anything else yeah. on your guys' mind and expansion or stuff like that? Or, you know, just one step at a time with the e-commerce at, at the moment. I'm, I mean, definitely one step at a time, but also like we, we have to think big picture on, on, uh, goals that we set when we first started the company. Uh, so a couple goals that, and, and we like to think real big. Um, we, we want to be a national brand. Uh, we, we want to be a household name uh, in that backyard barbecue tailgating world. Uh, kind of be the, the people that, you know, <laughs> oh, we're going to a Badger game. Uh, let's go grab the Tailgate Foodies Bloody Mary mix. Um, you know, have that on hand. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Um so there, we're taking steps while e-commerce is, is right in our, you know, up in front of us. And that's what we're doing right now. Uh, in the background, we're, we, we're definitely taking some steps uh, to grow uh, nationally uh, within like distribution and stuff like that, uh, not just sending from our, um, our shop. Um, so definitely uh, growth, growth, growth. Um, and, and, Still, just honestly, we're such a young company still um, that there's going to be some mishaps that we hit, and, and that's okay. Um, 
but uh, just learning from those and and trying to hit those goals. I mean, we there's a few things that uh, internally uh, that we just talk about um, that I won't talk about, but uh, as far as this year, um, you know, we're we're throwing our hat in. There's a, a barbecue sauce and seasoning competition called the American Royal. Okay. So the American Royal barbecue uh, competition is something that a lot of people in our world know about. Uh, so it's down in Kansas City. Uh, it's one of the three biggest barbecue competitions in the United States. So in the spring, they do a seasoning and sauce competition. So we're throwing our hat in there, seeing how we rank within that with uh, uh, five of our seasonings and all three of our sauces. Um, so that's one thing we're doing. Uh, we're in talks with uh, some some big hitters uh, in the state of Wisconsin. Um, that would be really fun to pair up and, and uh, do some teaming up with. Um, let's see here. Um, and just for, like I said, furthering and solidifying our, our product line with the Bloody Mary mix, with mm-hmm. the hot sauce line, uh, it's kind of more of our, our short-term thought process. Yep. So you've mentioned a couple of, we're kind of going to switch gears here and talk some sports yeah. now. You've mentioned a Love couple it. of your favorite, you know, you mentioned, I think you said the Packers as well as the Badgers here a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, a lot going on with both of those teams. What uh, yeah. what are you feeling for, let's start with the Badgers. I mean, Luke Fickle coming sure. to town, bringing in the, I can't think of his name, the offensive coordinator from North Carolina, yeah. who's yeah. a real, you know, wide open, spread it out, get oh, the yeah. ball moving. I mean. This is this is about a biggest fundamental shift that Wisconsin football has maybe ever made. So, are, are you excited? I, I, man, looking looking at other college sports or other college teams, like this is about as big of a switch as you can possibly do. Like there isn't other than like we'll say like Army or Navy deciding to go full on pass mode. Like this is about as old school football to new school football as you can put like one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love it. I, I also love Jimmy Leonard. Um, and I think they did him a little dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly think that we needed to get out of that because he was still kind of part of that Barry Alvarez tree. Yep. And I, and I think we needed to get out of there. Um, and the fact that Luke Fickle has big 10 coaching experience, he still has that defensive mind and has openly said, like, we get what this, especially they understand recruiting. They understand who they have on their team right now has been recruited as a running team. And then that they're going to have to implement passing into a running team scheme and then transition from there. So I'm, I'm excited. I, I think it's a great change of pace. Uh, a lot of old heads in the game hate it. Um, and that that's fine. Uh, they just want the old school uh, football. I genuinely think that in three to five years we could be, you know, putting our name in in with those top four. I really do. Yeah, I think it's a great play, and you know, it's I'm not that old. I'm I'm 31, but you, I've seen you've seen enough shifts in in different sports, whether it's basketball, really adopting the three, or you know, college yeah. football has just almost exclusively gone to, you know, shotguns and spreads with a few notable exceptions. And it always felt like, you know, the big 10 and in general, and, you know, Wisconsin specifically have always kind of been a little resistant to that. So, you know, when someone makes the change, like I said, the old heads are are upset or pissed off, like 
that was inevitable at some point, right? Like at yeah. some point you had to pull the bandaid off because the, the type of football Wisconsin played just, it, it's a dying breed. Yeah. And I genuinely think that it's going to open up the field for Braylon Allen next year. Like us passing more and being actually able to pass is just going to open up the box for Braylon Allen. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it just is. Um, and I, I think the running back, uh, position is going nowhere in in the um in wisconsin football in, in a good way like i think it's still going to be tried and true mm-hmm. i think we're going to get some of the best running backs still i think we're still going to get uh some of the best offensive linemen because of our traditions um but i think we're just going to pass the ball more yep and efficiently you mentioned running and, backs oh go ahead go ahead yeah. before i change well, gears I, on you uh, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm hoping, because I'm a big basketball guy too, that Chris McIntosh, that this proves that he's not afraid to go against some of the older you know, generations. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think for basketball, we need to get out of the Bo Ryan tree. Yep. Because, um, uh, again, uh, our offense just doesn't make sense in modern-day basketball. Yeah. Um, we, we can do okay in Big Ten with the right people uh, on our team. Um, but – our recruiting is not good because it's a very fine-tuned number of people that are like, yeah, that's the type of offense that I want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we rip the Greg guard bandaid off, I have nothing against the dude. I've heard he's a great guy. Um, I, I just think we need to change. Yeah. There's in order just to be to do good in the, in the tourney. Yeah. And, and as, as much and as quick as football has changed, it felt like basketball has done it five times as fast and everybody yeah. else has bought in like, yep. you know, there's still like Michigan still runs the ball and in, in college yeah. football and there's still teams that really run the ball and play defense. It seems like in college basketball and the NBA, like they're like, Nope, we're spreading the floor out. The big guys are gone. If you're going to be a big guy, you better be able to handle yourself, you know, on the yep. perimeter, you're going to shoot a lot of threes. We're going to get up and down. And, and yep. yeah, the, uh, the Wisconsin, you know, winning 45 to 40, that, that's just, it, 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 like you said, you can't get the kind of guys to win those games with the athleticism. If that's the kind of style of game you're going to play. I, I went to that Illinois game, uh, a couple weekends ago <clears throat> and it was the saddest $80 I've ever spent <laughs> in my life. Uh, the score was three to two after five minutes of the game. Oh, I, I saw some of it. I didn't see it was quite that bad for the first five you, minutes. You, you should be happy you only saw part of it. <laughs> it was, I was with a whole bunch of people that love college basketball, love, love the Badgers, and um, they weren't willing to leave the game. They were like, we paid for the tickets, we're going to stay. And me and one of my friends were like, can we just please leave? Like, we'd feel bad if we left, but this is so bad. <laughs> but, like, yeah, yeah, I mean – I, I, I'm still, you know, tried and true. Love the Badgers still. So, yeah, sports, uh, sports are a weird thing. I, you know, especially like guys, we we like hook up to a team when you're five, six, seven years old, and yeah. and I've had this conversation with my brother a bunch. He was a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He's like, I don't know why I just don't go and decide to like the Patriots. I don't know why I have to hate them. Like I should just decide to be their their fan. But he's like, I can't. And yep. it's like, you should just be like, oh, you know who's going to be good this year and fun to watch? We should like that team. But no, we're, yep. we're all too stubborn and like set in our ways. And like, nope, we're going to endure 25 bad years for one good one. <laughs> yep. I, I would go as far to say that our IQ is pretty low. 
I'm not going to, I at least won't disagree with you in my, and my end here. Yeah. So the other, the other football team here in Wisconsin, you know, we're yeah. mentioning running backs just, you know, we just uh, redid Aaron Jones deal with the Packers today. Yeah. I don't know if Rogers is uh, in total darkness still at this point, or if he's emerged from that, but what is it Friday? I think he's out now. Is he out? So, you know, hopefully, so. hopefully we have some sort of decision coming. Um, yep. As a guy who I, I, I like Rogers. I think he's been a good quarterback. I think, you know, there's been some, some heartbreaks in the playoffs that I yep. thought he could have played better in, but on the whole, he's been, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but I'm just ready for the, like, Player don't like yeah, that. That's yeah, kind of where I've gotten right. with it. It's like, hey yeah. man, if you want to move on, cool. Just go do it so the trade can be made and the strategy can be set and yep. like go from there. So I don't know what how, like what you're feeling about all of that. that's that's kind of where I've got to. So Rogers is honestly one of my favorite football players ever. I, I think he's great. I I read a really funny quote that, um, and I I would butcher it if I even tried to say it, but it was like. Everybody wants uh, professional athletes to open about, up about their personal life, and then Aaron Rodgers opens up, and everybody makes fun of him. So yeah. it's like nobody else is like. So I can appreciate. I'm, you know, I have some different thoughts about whatever, um, but he's being true to himself. I like Rodgers. That's neither here nor there. So as a fan, I want Rodgers to play uh, for the Packers and retire. Um, as a business decision. I want him to get traded for two to three first-round picks. Uh, and I personally want to give Jordan Love one year. Um, and then we can decide if we want to pick up his fifth year after this year, depending on how he plays. He doesn't need to win 10, 15 games. He just needs to prove that he is an actual NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I think he I think he could do that. He has the size. He has the arm strength. He has, he's mobile. Um, I... I think people want to throw him under the bus too, and it's which confuses me because it's like we haven't seen him play. Well, I mean, it was the like same thing. Know. It was the same thing with Rodgers and Favre, if you can remember back. Yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. wanted to throw yeah. Rodgers right under the bus, and it, yeah. I mean, it took a couple of years. I mean, luckily he won early, um, and, and kind of you know took a lot of that off. But yeah, I agree with you on the Rodgers aspect. I always liked him as a quarterback, and he always felt standoffish earlier in his career. But as he's yeah. opened up more throughout, like this, you know, the last four or five years or so, it's like, oh, okay, he's, you know, he's a weird dude. Like you said, I, yeah, he is, and he's, but he's very interesting. I was like, like you said, hey, at least he's, he's being, you know, he is who he is. Like, and doesn't make yeah. excuses about it. The the worst no. is the people who, you know, you hear all the stories that they're an asshole and then they act like they're the nicest guy in the world. It's like those are the worst. But, but yeah. Well, I, but <clears throat> I, I always find it so funny that people are like, his leadership, his leadership. It's like, oh, what position did you play in the locker room? Like, what, when did you sit down in the locker room to yeah. see if he's a good leader? You're like, you don't know. Just yeah. because he's quiet and occasionally, I I mean, anybody that's great has thrown a teammate under the bus. And I think he does it systematically to put a boot up their ass. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, get your stuff together, man. Like, do it. And I think that I think it's very calculated the way he does it. I don't think he does it just to be malicious. Yeah, I don't. A very calculated person. Yeah, I don't think he does things by accident or mistake or 
it, it feels like anything he says he's thought about pretty well. And it's weird, you know, everyone always, not everyone, but like the dumb sports talk shows are always like, oh, he's a terrible leader, nobody in the locker room likes him, but you never hear that. Like, nope. there's Greg, been, Greg Jennings, I was going to say Greg Jennings. <laughs> yeah. Greg but, Jennings has just basically made his career off trashing Rodgers, and you'd like, You'd think that, I mean, he seems to have done pretty well with it. So you'd think if there were other people out there and there was the market for it, there'd be more of them, but there, yeah, there I, really I aren't many. Nope. So you seem so a little more hopeful about Jordan Love than I do, though. I, it's not even hopeful. I, I think he has the tangibles, um, the size and everything, um, and I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just have a... I don't have any – I just think that he should get a chance. Mm-hmm. I, I agree if, in if that. One year, um, like just give him one chance. If he shows that he can be an NFL quarterback, awesome. If he can't, don't pick up his fifth year and, and draft a rookie. Like, cool. <laughs> I, I think, you know, even if, if Rodgers is gone, next year is going to be a down year no matter what. Um, and – if we draft a, a rookie, it would be the same down year as if we keep Love. Mm-hmm. Love has been in our system for three full years now, learning from one of the greatest arm talents to ever play the game, if not the. Um, I don't know. I I just think I, I want to give him a chance before I boo-boo him. I, I agree with that a lot. I, I've kind of come to the, the feeling that if Rodgers leaves, give – just give love the two years. It's not like it's a huge cap hit. And, and Hey, if he's going to be a marginal quarterback and you want to try and go the route of building up the rest of the team around him to be awesome. And he's willing to, you know, take a a salary accordingly. Then, Hey, maybe that's an option too. That is explorable. My worry is he plays. Okay. And then is like, okay, I want, you know, it's it's in the NFL. Every, every, the newest quarterback is the highest paid. And it's like, yep. I hope we don't get into a situation where he plays pretty good, you know, like a Kirk Cousins type situation where he plays pretty yep. good and then you have to sink a ton of money into him and the team around him kind of deteriorates because the cap space is gone. So yep. that that's that's kind of my worry. I mean, there's... Sure. There's always the worry that you could just flat out suck too, right? And then yeah. you just gotta start all over. But it's it's almost like if that it's like that one's kind of you know we've said pulling the bandaid off a couple times here. It's like then you're just pulling the bandaid off with them and can kind of just yeah. move on and, and go forward again. So it's that it's like that getting caught and going nine and eight, eight and nine, yeah. like just living in that in that realm forever is almost Absolutely. as maddening as what we've been doing for like the last ten years of blown it in the playoffs. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously I, you talk a lot about sports on your podcast and everything. And we both probably listen to plenty of sports, other podcasts and TV. A lot of people don't even talk about the rest of the team. Like yeah. we have such a young athletic team that Christian Watson looks like he could be the guy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Romeo Dobbs got the drop season a little bit. Um, but at the beginning of the season, he, he had those little back shoulder comfortable mm-hmm. catches. Like he looked good. Can never remember his name, but number 83 had some little glimmering moments. Um, I think if we can pick up 
And if, if this whole Jordan Love thing that I think is going to happen, and again, I don't know his name, the tight end from Notre Dame. Is that DeGuara? I, I think so. He, he's a giant. He can block and he can pass catch. Like, if, if we get rid of Rodgers and pick that guy okay. up for Love, man, like, nice little comfortable drop-off to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he can also block for for Dylan and, and Jones. Like that's that's a pretty scary team, to be honest with you. In my opinion, we got to get Jones to hold on to the football. That, yes, especially in big situations. Absolutely, I'll, I love that guy. But just there, there's so many things that were taught in high school. Like, hey, put the ball in the outside hands, <laughs> cover it up when somebody's going to hit you. And it's like I'm sitting there, you know, yelling half drunk on a Sunday and throwing my socks <laughs> at the TV. But, like, in my mind, it's like, just do that. <laughs> yeah, I've been a big proponent. I was a big proponent this year of, like, get Jones more touches. Like, you yep. can use him. He's a good pass catching back. You yeah. can use him very versatile. And I was – and I mean, I – can't tell you how many times I sat here after Packers lost and was like, Aaron Jones got 10 touches this week. Like, where was yep. the ball going otherwise? And then it's like, I feel like I'm almost like rewarded with his fumbles in the big moments. And like, he doesn't run out of bounds in the game yep. against the 49ers. It's like, just be like regular season. He's doing great. And that's like, just in these moments in, in the biggest games, it's like, you got to come up a yep. little bigger. That yep. That's my only worry about him. But like, September to December, he's killing it. (laughs) And then just swap him out with A.J. Dillon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep him in there. Um, No, and I I like defense. Um, Obviously, I like watching touchdowns happen. I just like watching the defensive flow of things. Um, And, I mean, we could talk about hiring Barry and how stupid that was to begin with. Um, Like, never hire a defensive coordinator that went 0-16. Maybe just don't do that. he, he did have a better after the bye week. Mm-hmm. He started getting a little bit better, but he still ran a soft coverage on fourth and two against the Lions to end the game. Like, we have one of the youngest, most athletic defenses in the entire NFL. At least play tight zone. Mm-hmm. Like, don't play off. At least play tight or, or a hybrid with, with Jaw following people around, like he showed that he can still do it and do it well. Like I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, the fact that he's still our coach baffles me. Um, and I don't know. I've got a, I've so, got a buddy. He's he's been on the podcast a couple of times. The big cat, Bill Gardner, and we have a just a running text stream. The second kickoff starts to the time the game's over, it's just constant. And I can't tell you how many times, I mean, if you look back at the text string, you'd be like, oh, yeah. soft coverage on third down, third and six, and we're we're playing six yards off the line. Like, it's just soft coverage here. So it's like, yep. at some point, like, be aggressive and go do something, because, like, yeah. the soft coverage when they got to pick up six to ten yards obviously isn't working. I mean, I'm no football genius, but, like, I can just tell you that's not worked a lot. No. So. Um, but yeah, and then I, I'm, I'm really hoping, um, man, I'm so bad with names. I'm hoping we can keep our, our special teams coach. I know he had a couple interviews for head coaches. Um, I, I don't know how they didn't see Nixon, um, before they did. 
as being the quality that he was. I mean, he had the most kickoff return yards in the NFL. And he only played in eight games. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Um, and the dude's a stud. I hope he can keep that up again. And did he return punts for us also? Nixon? Mostly? Yeah. Yeah, he started to after he okay. started kicking off. They mixed Randall Cobb in a little bit in some different scenarios there, but sure. he was getting he was getting a good portion of them too. Yeah. That that was man, that was exciting. That was that that Vikings game. Yep. Oh man. That was unforgettable. That was so cool. Yeah, and after after how bad the special teams had been and you know yeah. I'm thinking was it a was it a Rams game a few years ago when uh the receiver turned running back fumbled on the opening on the kickoff that would have mattered. And, you know, yep. just special teams disasters in, in the playoffs last year, it was like, Holy shit. Like we're, we're getting 35 yards like on kickoffs, let alone like not, let's not even like dream about somebody returning one. Like we're just right. not starting was, on the 15. I was just happy that he <laughs> held on to the ball. <laughs> my, my wife and I, uh, every time that the kickoff would happen, um, we'd be like, probably going to fumble this one, huh, Amari? It's like, I oh, man, I, I can't believe that the stick to of the, the Packers organization sometimes. Like, I, I think they're a little bit on the extreme of keeping people a little too long, mm-hmm. like investing a little too much thought and like, oh, we, we spent a third on them. We need to keep them. Whereas other teams are like, oh, quarterback through an interception let's get rid of him mm-hmm. and it's like there needs to be a middle ground and keeping a third rounder because he's a third rounder after he had three less fumbles than he had catches last year not like, a good not a good ratio there <laughs> not great like what are you doing uh but i mean i i, I think it's going to be moving forward i think we're going to have uh, a really talented team that uh, hopefully doesn't underperform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's when you talk about the, the, the thing you just said about the Packers there, I've always like kind of thought to myself, is there a, like a little bit of like not having an owner? There's kind of no one at the, at the very top to kind of put pressure to be like, Hey, it's like, it's time to to start making moves to start winning. Like it, it's kind of, they've kind of just, been I don't want to say satisfied but like you know this is the way we do things and this is the Packers organization and to get you know 25 people to come to the decision that we got to shake it up versus you know Stan Kroenke in LA being like go get everybody and let's go win you know there's just very different you know and the Packers are so unique in in the not having an actual owner thing that I I wonder about that yeah, I love that aspect um, of being owned by the people. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we've not been able to get amazing free agents because of that. Um, like, you know, having Jerry Jones smooth Odell Beckham Jr. and, and bring him down on his personal jet and, and just smooth. Like, we don't have that capability. Mm-hmm. You don't have that guy that's like, yeah, we can pull some strings a little bit. Um and I'm so torn with it, but I, I I understand both sides. I would I would say I'm seventy percent wanting an owner. Um, but 
it would have to be the right person, I think. Yeah. You still, you still, there is a lot of tradition that I love about the Packers, um, and you don't want to mess that up. But, yeah, I think if we want to be Super Bowl contenders in and out, loosely, you know, Patriots style, we need, we need somebody overarching mm-hmm. that, that can actually pull the strings properly. Yeah, it's it's a tough scenario because you kind of you kind of got to be crazy to want to do that, like yeah. to come in and be like, yeah, I'll come in and and who knows if like the league would even allow it to be yeah, yet. I, and I, you'd have to be nuts, I think, to to want to do it because God, who would who'd want to be like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna go be the owners of the Packers, you know, the people's team, like you said, and yeah, I just I terrifying. just don't know that there's someone crazy enough out there to. To want to Mark Cuban, yeah. <laughs> so it has to be somebody really nuts, right? Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, I I'm excited for both of those seasons. Um, I will say that due to the uh, the Packers um, kind of uh, flipping and flopping this year, um, I, I've always been a big Bucks fan, but I got to watch more of their games and mm-hmm. got further into kind of the inner workings of the Bucks. So. That's been awesome as well. They still having a nice season. I'm not the biggest NBA fan. I'll, I'll like start like kind of paying attention in the playoffs. Are they? They're still up yeah, near the top of the Eastern Conference, right? Yeah, they're 41 and 17 still. Um, Giannis is you know putting on another potential MVP year. Um, Brooke Brooke Lopez of all people is <clears throat> having Defensive Player of the Year. Like uh, last night, he had. He shot 72% from the field, um, <laughs> made like five or six threes, and had four blocks. Like, that's an insane person. Yeah. He's like, to have on your team. He's been a like a wild transformation, and he's got to be getting a little older, like pretty old now. Like, I feel like it was a long time yeah. ago when he was playing in college. But, like, he's the dude that, like, we were talking earlier about the game evolving. He was just like, okay, like, I'll yep, just I'll go it. learn how to shoot threes. And, yep. Now he's like had this like late career resurgence, and yep. is one of the most important players for the Bucks. Even even me not following it yep. much has like seen that and been like, "Holy shit, that's incredible!" The the I've always said this <clears throat> that pretty much any professional athlete is they, that's what they are. They're a professional athlete. They could go and play so many different things and change things, and their capabilities are absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. I mean the the fact that. Um, so I had a, a small Super Bowl party, and we were talking about uh, different quarterbacks in the NFL. Like the fact that Tom Brady got drafted as a catcher in the Major League Baseball. The fact that Kyler Murray, who I don't think is very good at football, <laughs> comparatively, <laughs> uh, but the fact that he had to choose between the NFL and Major League Baseball. Yep. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think he was a second baseman or a shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, like all these people are multi-sport athletes. They can pick up on anything so quickly. And... But yeah, seeing a seven foot one dude just like transform from late two thousand or early two thousands big man, yep, just filling up space, seven foot one, probably pushing three hundred pounds, to a dude that can, you know, I think he's shifting over forty percent from the three right now. Like the fact that he was able to transition and do it quickly is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, he started his career in 2008 with the Nets. Wow, so years. Yeah, so, I mean, that is a long career, and like we said, basketball was, you know, a totally, totally different game. I mean, 
2008, 2009, 2010, those were like the Lakers and the Celtics with, you know, Paul Gasol, who was, I mean, he went, he shot free, like, you know, free throw line extended and he was really spreading the floor doing that at the time. And I mean, the Celtics had, you know, big baby uh, or not, no, they didn't have, they did have big baby Davis coming off the bench, but uh, Perkins was like their big man, just a big dude taking up space in the middle and, you know, to come into that and transfer, you know, what it seems like seamlessly from the outside. I mean, I'm sure it was far from seamless, you know, him oh, doing yeah. it is yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah. Background. He had to be just putting in the work. Yeah. Like, um, but now, yeah. I mean, if you think about most centers, uh, Joel Embiid steps back and takes threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jokic does, uh, you know, a lot of these big men, there, there isn't a mini classic big men anymore. And if they are, they're they're going to be out soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, watching them has been super fun. Like I said, and what we've talked about a little bit. It's February. I was just looking at where I can get a golf membership. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> I am full swing. Just always that that just got me. I was like, I need to get a golf membership this year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely this like stretch of golf that we're in right now. You get, you know, Torrey Pines, Pebble Beach, kind of as football season's going, you know, the waste management in Phoenix, uh, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, and then they play like Riv, and then they go to the Florida swing after this. It's like, it yep. just makes you want to play golf so bad. And, you know, up here in yep. Wisconsin, we got to wait a little bit yet before we uh, we can get out there. But, yeah, it's a fun tournament coming, kind of setting itself up today. I mean, if I just pulled up the leaderboard, you got guys like Colin Morikawa, John Rahm, Max Homa, Rory McIlroy, Tommy Fleetwood, Scotty Scheffler. Like that oh, that dude. that tournament at Riv looks like we should be good in for a good weekend here and nice. have That's some awesome. some fun stuff going forward. Yeah, and, and Tiger finished off his uh, um, round yesterday super well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he did today. He looks um, like he had a he had a rougher day today. He shot uh, sure. seventy four today. So okay, so two over. Right? Yeah, one over, one over, uh, one three over. over today, one over total. He is going to okay. be on the cut line, so he's going to be sure. going to be kind of kind of squeaming. Oh, cut line's yeah. even, so he looks like he won't make it. Gotcha. Unless something changes, I, but I I've always really liked uh, Ricky Fowler. <clears throat> um, he just fun to watch mm-hmm. and watching watching him his downfall was really like just he wasn't making he wasn't doing anything it was terrible yep. um so so seeing i don't know if you watched the waste management and open at all i did yep um but that dude's swing has changed so much it's wild yes and, and the fact that he threw in a, a hole in one was super cool yeah and it seems to be paying off for him like his his ball striking yeah. strokes gained has really come up I will say the only good thing about his downfall is uh, a good friend of mine is a huge Ricky Fowler fan, so that led to some great ammunition over the last five years that we got to sure. we got to really rag on him pretty good. So there was one positive that came out of it. So our buddy, our buddy Coach Slanovic, uh, he uh, he really got uh, he really got slammed by us a lot the last few years. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, so I'm I'm super excited about that. Um, I, I am really excited that the live players still get to play in the majors. Cause like I said, huge Justin uh, Johnson guy. Uh, so the fact that I still get to watch him on national television versus 
thrown on the CW. Yeah, I was going to say, you got the CW coming your way. I didn't even know yeah. the CW still existed, to be honest. Neither did I, but I mean, you got to start somewhere, I guess. Yep. Right? Baby steps, right? Yeah, something. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I've had a I've had a blast here with this conversation. Is there? Uh, I've kind of hit all my topics. I don't know if there's anything. Yeah. If you want to add anything, um, I'll just throw there... in one last blurb about the tailgate foodie. Yeah, um, just a, a little reminder uh, on who I actually am. <laughs> Not just a sports lover. Um, yeah, so we have uh, a whole line of, of awesome products. Uh, that kind of cover all your classic barbecuing needs, um, tailgating stuff. Um, but we also have some more unique flavors um, within our, we call it our America box. So kind of flavors from all throughout the United States, um, Hawaiian barbecue, uh, Nashville hot, um, our, our Creole Cajun one is uh, Bayou Basics. Um, our barbecue sauces we just re-released. Um, so we were out of them for close to seven months. Uh, so we were making a transition from a big old glass bottle uh, to this awesome squeeze bottle. Nice. Um, that is, uh, it's so, I didn't realize how lazy I was until I got that. It's like, <laughs> I can no longer deal with not a squeeze bottle. Like being able to just pop the top and squeeze the barbecue sauce while I'm making ribs or throwing it on a sandwich and that just dump barbecue sauce all over the place. It, it's a game changer in all honesty. It's awesome. Um, and then we have hot and spicy seasonings, uh, international stuff. Uh, like I said, if you follow us on social media at all, um, you'll be able to keep up with uh, kind of our product uh, developments and stuff like that. I like to keep people updated on kind of timeline of when uh, new things are going to come out. Um, and my last little spiel, a um, couple of cool things that we do, uh, in my opinion, um, is on our seasonings, uh, there's a QR code. Everybody knows and loves QR codes again. Um, we wanted to not just utilize it as like a, hey, it's going to take you to our website. Yeah, so that, that QR code on the side of the seasoning will take you to a cookbook for the, uh, whichever seasoning that we have. Uh, like I said, I like to kind of break tradition a little bit with uh, my recipes, so it's going to be some creative but uh, fairly easy recipes. Um, and then uh, let's see here. Yeah, like I said, just uh, follow us on social media. I, I really like keeping people updated. Um, the, our head of production, Edgar, uh, he also has a page that he's very active on, uh, kind of shows you the ins and outs of uh, the business side, uh, where I do all the pretty pictures and everything like that. So it's a, kind of a fun combo um, of, of social media that you can watch to really see what we're doing behind the scenes and, and for everybody else as well. Cool. And that's tailgatefoodie.com, right? And then... The tailgatefoodie.com and then pretty much every social media uh follow suit as the tailgate foodie. Cool. I will, I will, I will give you a, a little pump. I loved your, your combinations throughout the NFL playoffs, like taking yeah. like a signature thing from each city and kind of mixing it together. I thought those were really cool. So if, if people go look at that, that was, that was a cool thing yeah. that I thought throughout the thing. I was, I was kind of interested to see when those would pop up each week. Like, Oh, what's he, what's he going with this week? Like what's the combo? So those were cool. Yeah, thank you. The matchup matchup is what we call it. There you go. That's what it was. That's going to be a thing uh, moving forward we're going to do with uh, a lot of other things. So I like being creative in that way. Uh, And then, yeah, um, I'm super excited for – I'm I'm hoping to get out to actually go out and tailgate more this year, uh, running a business uh, that 
we do a lot of sales and stuff on weekends. Mm -hmm. uh, takes away my capabilities of actually going to games. Um, but I'm hoping that I can dive back in and we can have some more events uh, kind of showcasing our stuff and, and getting out to the games and, and showing people what we can do. Yeah, that would sounds like it'd be awesome. So, yeah, Dean, I, I appreciate your time today. Uh, I had a blast doing this and, you know, uh, if hopefully you did, you thought it was all right and you, you consider oh, coming yeah. back in the future. Yeah. So hundred percent. Jordan. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Dean Johnson with the tailgate foodie. So thank you very much, Dean. Genesis Invitational at Riviera. John Rahm is on a heater, ladies and gentlemen. The dude has got it going on right now. He wins and becomes the number one player in the world again per the OWGR. 65, 68, 65, 69 this weekend. He wins by two over Max Holma, uh, another dude who has it going on. It was a a fun Sunday. It was a fun tournament in general. Sunday was fun. Rom and Homa were going back and forth with each other. Excuse me, I just knocked my mic over. Don't mind me. <clears throat> Homa and Rom going back and forth with each other, as I said. We're going to keep that in. Just fuck it. And it was enjoyable. Like, it was a fun. It looked like after the 10th hole that Max Homa had it. He tied it up. And... It looked like it was his to lose, and then John Rahm makes that bomb on 14. He just seems that when he wins tournaments, he seems to make a long bomb somewhere. I, I don't know what it is. If he just knows something about long putts that we don't, but he makes a long bomb. Like, it feels like. It's totally anecdotal. I'm thinking back to his win at the U.S. Open where he makes the long bomb, but it just seems like he does it when he wins golf tournaments is make that big, long putt. And then he just absolutely stuffed that one on 16, the par three. Be freaking right. And it felt like Homa just didn't have the total A game coming down the stretch. And, you know, that's what you need to beat John Rahm. And I've talked in the past about when Homa gets in contention, he usually closes. And I've mentioned this with Rahm, too, I think. He's getting to the point, home of this is, that he puts himself in contention so much that event he can't win every one of them. I've said that about Rahm, too. When you put yourself into the contention to keep winning on the PGA Tour, like John Rahm is, like Max Holm is, uh, you just can't win everyone. Eventually, you got to come in second. John Rahm has, you know, flirted around with that. Maybe not doing that, but he's because in his, his in twenty twenty three for John Rahm, he's got a first, a first, a T seven, a third, and a first. That's a that's a run like few other. I'm gonna not fucking go there yet and be like, well, this is Tiger-esque. Like, give it a couple weeks. If he's still doing this come April, we can talk. But this could all end in a heartbeat. So, and Homa playing great, too. His 2023 T3 first, T39 second. So, not bad. Not bad. But yeah, a fun tournament. Cool course. Uh, I know there was some discussion in a group chat I'm in that uh, maybe Riv is boring. I, I don't see it that way. I, I think it's a fine course. I don't think it's the greatest course in the world, but I think it works just all right. And I, where is the money list? I saw this the other today. John Rahm has earned $9.8 million this year on tour. Six events, $9.8 million. 
He has a scoring average of 67.2. Scotty Scheffler has a 67.9. 67.2. He's only shot in the 70s three times in 24 rounds. Six events, six top tens, three wins. That dates back into, you know, last calendar year, uh, the money list. But $10 million in six events. He's going to play in 14 more. <clears throat> That's pretty nutty. Max Holmes won $6.2 million. I mean, $9 million would have won the money list not too long ago. Crazy. Crazy the money. Uh, Big Cat. He goes T45. Played a couple of good rounds. His round on Thursday and Saturday were really good. His rounds on Friday and Sunday were not so much. Sunday, a lot of stats show his ball speed and swing speed falling a little bit. You, you have to wonder. He's hinted that maybe he plays more than just the majors, but, you know, he's gearing up to play all four majors this year. He only played three last year. Be interesting to see where he goes. Um, I mean, I guess I guess we have to do the obligatory tampon gate thing. Like, I don't know. I thought it was dumb, the reaction people had to it. I mean, it was a stupid joke. I didn't think it was that funny. I didn't wasn't offended by it, but hey, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not a woman. I should ask somebody who's a woman. So I asked the roommate. She's like, no, I wasn't offended by it, but she's like, it was stupid and played out. And her, her favorite point that she made, she goes, I just don't think Tiger Woods is who we go to for like the, the moral compass. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, Tiger's proven he's kind of a, like, kind of has like a sophomore humor. So who cares? So I thought it was overblown, as most things in the world are. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, a nice finish. Uh, Willie Z, Will Zalatoris, he shot like 64 on Sunday, I think. So nice finish from him. I still get, it still hurts me, hurts me deep inside to watch him putt short putts. But, you know, that, that's what it is. Yeah, 64 from Willie Z. And uh, Cantley had 67 today. So nice, nice finish for him. Pat Cantley has maybe the great 68, 67 on the weekend for Cantley. Not bad. Pat Cantley has maybe one of the craziest sponsorships I've ever seen. He's rocking a DeWalt sponsorship on the side of his hat. He's got Goldman Sachs on the front and DeWalt on the side. And Pat Cantley does not strike me as somebody who likes to use power tools at home. So that was, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Next week, we got the Honda Classic. Pretty weak field. You know, we're, we're in this designated event thing. And, you know, it's we're going to get good field followed by pretty shaky field. So this is going to be one of the shaky fields. Because the two weeks after that are the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which is a designated event. And then the players, which is obviously a designated event. So the the tournament sandwiched in the middle will obviously take a whacking. So. Weak field next week, but two good ones coming up after that. So there's there's still plenty of good golf out there in the near future. And that's about all I have for the golf. Let's hit a little college basketball quick. UNC, they officially stink. I'm done. I mean, I'm not done. I'm going to watch a couple games. They still got a couple games left, but they stink. Two back-to-back losses again this week. Just they can't get it done. They can't get it done. They lose at home to Miami, at NC State. I laid it out last week. These were must-win games. Had to be done, and they just can't do it. 
They're just not very good. That's the problem is they're not very good. That's all there is to it. When your fourth best player stinks. Stinks. I don't know what else you want. Your fourth best player had nine points. Over those two games. We all know who I'm talking about. Their other players aren't any good either, though. So, like, I don't know why I'm picking on him. They got five games left. Or, sorry, three games left. They had five, four games. Gosh, idiot. I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, four games left. Notre Dame Wednesday at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's terrible. They'll probably lose that game, though, too. Then host Virginia on Saturday at Florida State the following Monday. And host Duke. They could go one and three. For them to make the tournament, they have to win all four of those games and win a couple games in the ACC tournament. I don't see it happening. So I think this team is NIT bound. NIT bound. Two more weeks of this crap. Uh, I also apparently gave Auburn the kiss of death. I was looking through the top 25 rankings and hadn't seen much of them. And let's let's pull up the Auburn Tigers men's basketball team. Yeah, they dumped one to Vanderbilt. They lost to Alabama. That's not a bad loss. They lost to Texas A&M before that, too. And they lost to West Virginia not long before that. Yeah, they've been on a little bit of a skid. I think I got on their bandwagon sometime around middle of January. Since then, they've lost to A&M twice. They've lost to West Virginia. They've lost to Tennessee. They've lost to Alabama, and they've lost to Vanderbilt. So I did a good job. I uh, I really helped those guys out. So very nice of me. Very nice of me. <clears throat> well, we're officially through football season, though. So I, I'm, I'm into college basketball watching mode. Kansas at TCU tonight's a good game. We got some more good games this week. We got Baylor at Kansas State. That's 9 versus 12. Marquette and Creighton. That's 11 and 18. Iowa State and Texas. Providence and Connecticut. All these are top 25 matchups that I'm mentioning. Saturday, there's a couple of good games on the slate here. What we had? Oh, yeah. Texas Baylor. Two o'clock Eastern on Saturday. That's a top 10 matchup. Looking forward to that one. Indiana and Purdue later in the night. And then a nightcap. You got St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Fun college basketball games coming up. I'm in the college basketball spirit. March is right around the corner. I cannot wait. To get going on college basketball a little, little more in-depth. Flyers update. We had West Coast games. I didn't see them this week. Thursday night and Saturday night, late games. Thursday night, I was... Actually, I was on a plane anyway, so I was never going to see it. Got a, got a late flight and got delayed. So, a 6-2 loss to the Kraken, though, Thursday. So, you know, well played by the Flyers. They matched that with a 6-2 loss... To the Canucks, Vancouver Canucks on Saturday. They snuck in an early afternoon game today and picked up a win against the Calgary Flames. They have one more night game, late night game on this uh, road trip over on the west side of the continent. You got to say continent because it's not just the country here, the continent with the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow night. That game starts at 8 central time. I may catch a little bit of that, but not a ton. And then back to a uh, more regularly scheduled broadcast. 
They got the Canadians on Friday and the Devils on Saturday. I'll have to talk with my man Deep Dish, see if we got a uh, a bet to roll out for Saturday. But yeah, mostly uh, more of the same for the Flyers. Lose a couple, win one. Lose a couple, win one. The games are pretty tough to watch. You know, I it's uh, it's we're in the dog days, and we still got you know two more months of this, give or take. So, kind of you know, like we said, rooting for losses. Losses are wins, and you know that's that's really all I got on on the dumpster fire that is the Flyers. Passing thoughts time. Let's uh, let's dive into this. Weird, crooked mind of mine. I I saw that Joe Biden. Where do we think I'm going with this? Joe Biden was born closer to Abraham Lincoln's second inauguration than he was to his own inauguration. How about that? What's the math on that? I didn't even look at that. So he was inaugurated at what, 78 in 2021? When you search Joe Biden online, it says Joe Biden stares. Oh, that's right. He went to the Ukraine. He didn't go to Ohio, but he went to Ukraine. Joe Biden was born 1942 and was inaugurated in 2021. Lincoln's second inaugural was in 1865. I know that. So let's do some math. Calculator, 1942 minus 1865, 77 years. 2021 minus 1942. Oops. 79. Was he 70? How old is this guy? Seriously. 42. So if he was born in 50, he would be 73. He's 81 years old. No wonder the dude can't talk. God, I feel bad for the guy. He's too old. He should have to be president. God, Jesus. So I didn't know this, but I heard like a conspiracy theory, like treasure hunter theory, that apparently the lost city of gold is within the Grand Canyon. And there was a thing that back in the day, people were allowed to like drill and look in the Grand Canyon. And then all of a sudden they decided... Hey, this is a national monument. You shouldn't be in there. And it was allegedly to hide the lost city of gold. I don't know. I don't know. Just saying. Look into it. Check it out. See if I'm see if I'm on to anything. What have I been watching? Been watching a little full swing. The Netflix documentary on the PGA Tour golf golfers. It's not bad. It, uh, it's nothing like game breaking for like hardcore golf fans. It's a nice insight into players and you get more of like their thoughts, obviously that you'd never get anywhere else. I have heard enough times on what the fuck a cut is. Uh, I think I'm three or four episodes in now and in every episode, they tell me what a cut is. Like, I, I don't know. I guess they're looking at it and I know it's, I know it's, targeted to the more casual golfer and I'm a freak. I get that. I get that. But like at some point and we might just be getting what the cut is every week because they may just be like, "Hey, somebody's going to tune in just to watch an episode about a certain player and they have to know what the cut is." So, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not through all of them, but I think in every single one I've been told what well, the cut is. Half the golfers don't play. They go home and they don't get paid. I I fucking get it. 
my biggest takeaway so far, and again, I'm only through about half of it. Spoiler alert. Brooks Kepka is an unlikable person. I just, I, I watch it, I'm like, man, I, I just, I just find him to be unlikable. Like, I don't see many redeeming qualities with him. Like, I don't know. I I just, I, I watch the way he acts, the way he talks. I'm just like, I, I just, I don't like this guy. I don't, and I'm sorry, I, I guess that's just the way it is, I, that I'm just not going to like him, because that's just what I think. His wife, I don't find any more likable, if that makes it any better. Like, even Ian Poulter, it's like, oh, you see him with his family, like, he's talking about his kids, like, he's, you know, his home life, he's he's putting on the plane with his kids. Like, Ian Poulter, a guy I've grown up hating my entire life, has ruined so many fucking Ryder Cups. And I'm like, ah, look at him. A guy who, like, jumped to live, like, defected, I've kind of been... Not like a live hater, but I haven't been on their team, that's for sure. And I'm like, eh, okay, I, I mean, I get where he's coming from. That said, I do kind of see Brooks. Brooks was like in the doldrums. He's like, man, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And then he's like, ooh, there's a live. And now there's like the thing that maybe he's healthy and maybe he's having second thoughts. I don't know. But it's been interesting. Like, it's leading me to have these thoughts in this conversation with myself, obviously. So I think it's worth a watch. I think it's worth the watch. Also been rewatching Entourage. A show I probably watched from the time I started college in like 09 to the time I got out of college. I probably watched like four or five times. I think I maybe watched it one or two times since. I probably haven't watched the show in like five, six years. I was wondering when I started it, and I've kind of thought about starting it in the past and never have. But I was wondering what I was going to think of it. Like, as I've grown, you know, six, seven, eight years older, like, was that kind of humor still going to be funny? And, hey, it's stupid, it's sophomoric, but, hey, it's still pretty funny. And, like, it's still a pretty fun show. It's it's 30 minutes. You don't have to think too fucking hard. You can kind of watch it. It's a good treadmill show. It's my treadmill show right now. You know, I need uh, 25 minutes worth of treadmill show. It's a perfect one. You watch a whole episode. It's great. So I've had a good time. I'm debating when I'm going to stop. Because I'm not watching season seven. That's for sure. Like, I'm not watching seven and eight. Seven especially sucked. Eight was, they did the best they could. But I'm not going there. So I don't know if I'm just going to stop after five. Because I think that would have been the best place to end the show. It's five. He gets his job back. He's Everybody's happy. They're back in L.A. That said, six isn't a terrible season. So like six is worth the I I think six is still a fun watch, but then you don't leave the you don't leave as satisfied if I I can't remember how six ends. Maybe six isn't as bad. Is six when he runs off with the chick? Or is that the end of the show? I can't remember. I think that's the end of the show. But six isn't a bad season to watch. So I don't know where I'm gonna go with it. <clears throat> mentioned just uh, just a bit ago I was traveling, went through the Denver airport, had a ton of time to kill. So I was just walking like end to end in one of the terminals. And at the one end, it's just this outdoor area. And they've got couches and there's like a like a, a stone bar out there that maybe in the warmer months they have a bar. But it was really nice to just stand outside and like breathe fresh air. Because, you know, when you, when you fly, <clears throat> especially if you're connecting, it's like you're into one airport like an hour before your flight. 
then you're on a plane, then you're in another airport for, you know, at least an hour, and then you're on a plane. Like, you don't see outside or taste fresh air except for that brief second you come off the jetway, and there's that little crack that's you're <laughs> trying to suck it in. I just went out there and stood outside. It was 25 degrees out. Granted, the sun was beaming right at us. I just stood out there. Really cool, because you're looking off, and it's just like the Rocky Mountains. Uh, yeah, Harry, it's the Rockies. And it's just the Rocky Mountains one way. And then the other way, it was so cool flying in. Like, you kind of look out one side of the plane, and, you know, you're ducking down to look the other way. And then the other, like, it's Rocky Mountains, and then it's flat shit. So it was pretty cool. Like I said, so nice to just step outside at an airport. And I can imagine how cool that would be in, like, the summer months if you can go out there and get a beer. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Watched some WWE this weekend. Caught the, uh, I've been keeping up. I've been keeping up on the the storylines since uh, since Royal Rumble. They were in Montreal for SmackDown on Friday and for Elimination Chamber on Saturday. And while I watched, I watched SmackDown Friday night and the last 10 minutes with Sami Zayn were cool. He didn't say a whole lot because the crowd was going absolutely apeshit for him. Montreal's own Sami Zayn. You know, just turned babyface. What great timing. Crowd's going absolutely nuts, doing all his chants. Comes back out to his old music, so they're singing along to that. That was cool. Elimination Chamber. Fun show from what I watched of it. I was deathly ill Saturday. Like, as sick as I've been. Oh, I I can't even... and, and, And... I don't know how long. I mean, I had COVID last year and it wasn't even close to this. I was, I had this stomach ache and chills and like headache. And like, I felt like I was going to throw up, but I couldn't. I felt like I was going to shit, but I couldn't. Like, it was terrible. So I watched some of Elimination Chamber Saturday night, watched the rest Sunday morning. The men's chamber match was fantastic. A couple of cool spots. Montez Ford was a man on fire. My man came in crotch chopping, canning out rock bottoms, trying to do the people's elbow. My man was going for it. He also decided to climb up the chamber and jump off, like from like hung upside down at the top of the chamber. That was cool. Johnny Gargano gave Seth Rollins a Hurricane Rana off the top of one of the pods. Also cool. Uh, and then the Roman and Sami Zayn match, the crowd was on fire again for that. I'm okay with how the match played out, but the crowd was like the experience. Like they were there for, you know, every little bit of it. They were all in. KO makes a save at the end. Probably gives away the match. If you haven't seen it, tough shit. Makes a save. Crowd goes nuts for that. He's, you know, handing out stunners to everybody. I mean, the crowd's, the crowd's so into it. They're chanting, fuck you, Roman, during the main event. So it was fun. I enjoyed watching it. I'm excited for WrestleMania. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. And I guess I'll just end it with this. It's been a little nicer around here the last couple days. I'm ready to play some golf. I'm ready to play some golf. Closing time. Everybody, closing time. Thank you guys for another uh, another week of listening. I appreciate all you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Big thank you to Dean at the Tailgate Foodie. I really appreciate him coming on and hanging out with us. We talked for an hour and probably could have gone a little longer. Um, I kind of cut him off. My iPad was about to die. I thought I'd had it plugged in before we'd started our conversation. And I was worried we were going to get going. I was going to lose everything. We had such a fun conversation. So 
hopefully uh, he's avail- he's available to come talk to us again in the future because I had a great time. So check out his stuff, tailgate fo- the tailgatefoodie.com. You can find him on Instagram and, and everything like that. He's got some uh, he's got some good stuff. Check it out. Be back next week. We got uh, some more college basketball we're getting into, the Honda Classic. Who knows what else? It'll it'll be a ride as usual. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next week. Peace. Thank you.